I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My first guest experienced tragic loss that nobody should ever have to experience. February 1st, 2011, his beautiful son Hank sadly died. He was just one day old. Whilst trying his best to carry on with life for the sake of his wife and older son, he repressed his grief, turning to food and comfort eating, which resulted in a huge weight gain. After a shock from the doctor, he turned everything around and took up running as a way to cope. To mark the 10th anniversary of Hank's birth and death, Ian ran 10 marathons in 10 days around a running track near his home earlier this month in Navan. He's hoping the marathons will not only raise money for charities close to his heart, but he's also hoping his story will encourage more bereaved dads to speak out about how they are feeling. I'm delighted now to be joined by Ian Lawton from Navan. He's on the line. How are we doing, Ian? Good morning, Sinead. Thank you for having me on. Oh, listen, it's great to have you and it's great to see somebody speaking out about this. I'm all about promoting, you know, speaking out about how you're feeling and and everything to do with that. But you experienced a loss nobody should ever have to experience. As as a mum of two myself, I can't even begin to wrap my head around the, the loss that yourself and, and your wife, Jennifer, and son uh, would, would have experienced. Take me back to February in 1st, 2011. What exactly happened? Uh, February 1st, 2011 is um, like like any parent you're, um, when the birth of your child arrives. It's a, it's a day, of, day of celebration and uh, a, certainly a day where, where your life completely changes for the better. It's a very joyful and wonderful experience to, to greet your, your kid into the world. And um, yeah, I will never forget that time. Um, it was it was uh, a wonderful, just <laughs> just one of the greatest days ever. Um, he was very little. He was premature. He was taken to the special care baby unit immediately, and um, that's where I met him and where I spent time with him. And I went home um, after spending some time with him with a smile on my face, a great sense of relief that he was in the best place where he was getting the best care and my wife Jennifer was being looked after and it was because it was an emergency delivery because it was he arrived early and um, I went to bed that night to catch up on some well-deserved sleep and uh, the phone rang then about three or four in the morning saying come back and uh, unfortunately Hank died the very next day he didn't make it and this is a sad reality that happens mm. every day in every special care baby unit around the country. There's 18 of them. And this just happens. It's just a, a reality that uh, isn't acknowledged in society. It isn't spoken about. 
Um, you know, when a when a spouse partner loses their husband or wife, they're a widow or a widower. Mm. When a child loses their parents, they're an orphan. You know, there's a language that identifies and acknowledges uh, this bereavement. But when it comes to losing a kid or losing a baby in particular, society doesn't want to know. It's, you know, it's a dirty little secret, you know. Which, so there's no language to even describe who we are. Mm. And we're part of a secret club that nobody wants to be a member of, you know. Nobody wants to be a member of, absolutely, but people should be speaking about it. And, and mm. uh, you know, this is what you're you're doing. Initially, Indeed, yeah. you know, you you didn't cope like most of us wouldn't. You you, mm. you you didn't cope with the loss well at all. And you repressed an awful lot of you know, your emotion and your grief, um, which turned out to be so, so damaging for you in the long run. Yeah, incredibly damaging. I mean, there's a great quote from Michael Rosen where he said, we're all experts in our own grief. And I became a a complete and utter expert in in self-destruction. It was, you know, I had no frame of reference. I mean, how how do you practice or get ready for something like that, you know? It's not something that you could possibly be prepared for. And so um, the path I took ended up uh, nearly killing me. Um, And I didn't seek help. I didn't, uh, you know, feel like I could, you know, talk about it Mm. because of the fact that, you know, dads don't lose babies mums lose babies and of course it's it's enormously traumatic to watch and witness what they go through it's it's heartbreaking and of course the you know the first thought is when someone mentions a, a dead baby your first thought is instantly goes to the mum which is exactly what ours do too mm. but fathers don't get a second thought and i think we deserve a second thought you know i think it's uh you know we don't phys- go physically go through mm. what uh, what our partners and wives go through um so there's there's definitely a, a separation there but mentally and emotionally we 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 both lost our baby people come up to you in the aftermath and they ask how how she's doing and you, you tell them and then you're just left with this empty space of like are you not going to ask me how i'm doing mm. i lost a baby too and it's just it's 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 every father that i've spoken to about this feels exactly the same way and experienced this exactly the same way. Is it this idea, this archaic idea of mm. man up, which I hate, I hate oh, that phrase. Absolutely, it's the most abhorrent thing because it's ultimately meaningless. What does it mean to man up? What is a man? And this sort of, this identity of masculinity that we're supposed to, you know, grow a pair and be the strong silent type and, and it's just it just destroys men. It really destroys men. And I think what I've learned in the last couple of years on my sort of road to recovery is that being vulnerable is the the most enormous source of strength. Whereas vulnerability has has typically, as a man, been seen as a weakness and seen as something to be ridiculed. And you know, and I think what I found is 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 particularly in talking with with other men who've endured this horror is that you can break down in tears in front of these strangers and there's absolutely zero judgment Mm. and we're stronger together when we open up and are honest about our feelings and how we 
how we deal. Because when we don't, we just, we screw ourselves up. I turn to food. Mm. You know, some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to violence. You know, it's it's whatever gets you through. But sometimes, it's, you know, you, you punch through to the wrong place. And, you know, I ended up morbidly obese, you know. So yeah, I'm just finding huge complications for you. Uh, what was mm. the light bulb moment? I know you had a fairly big shock from a doctor. Was that the the switch to kind of get you motivated to change things around? Un- unfortunately, not. It's like um, it's like the smoker buying the pack of cigarettes mm. and seeing the warning and and just carrying on smoking. I got the warning from the doctor and and it just uh, I just ignored it. Because of whatever repression, you know, I'm, I'm a man. I can deal with this my own yeah. way, you know. And it's it's uh, it's an important lesson to learn that you need to be more honest with how you're feeling, and be more honest about that you need help. And, yeah. and asking and seeking help is not is not a weakness at all. And um, yeah, I'm so so glad. And I don't know what it was that compelled me to. Um, to attend that very first meeting. Mm. And I think what made me consider it was the fact that um, what I've learned since is that the the organization A Little Lifetime would put on uh, group meetings for for parents to come and and talk openly in an open platform, a non-judgmental open platform to speak about how they were coping and how they were dealing with, with the trauma. And what they noticed is that at these meetings, the fathers who attended uh, sat in silence and was a support for their partner okay. and never spoke. And so they saw something missing there and decided to to put on a meeting just for the dads. And when I learned about that, I thought, well, that's I think I, I think I need to go to that. And uh, it was so cathartic and life changing that I, I walked away from that first meeting uh, smiling, you know. Wow. I had opened up my, myself up in front of these uh, complete and utter strangers and I had repressed this mm. for seven years and it all came, you know, like Krakatoa erupting around that table with these these men. And, and, and some of them have become, you know, my closest friends ever since, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I'd say that mm. there was a great bond that was developed yeah. in that room. I must mention that again, the Little Lifetime Foundation, that was the, mm. the, the support group. Um, now, you also turned to running, uh, which can be fantastic, obviously, for the, mm. the body and healthy lifestyle, but hugely beneficial mentally in terms of literally getting away from it all and running it out. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I I I ended up running completely by mistake. I was uh, I was about ten months after that first meeting, and I'd really uh, changed my relationship with with food. I had blown up to over twenty five stone. You know, my BMI was in the late forties. I was in severe, you know, risk of stroke, and you know, I just mm. you know hypertension, multiple multiple self-destructive uh, ways but I, I managed to just change my relationship with food and my relationship with myself and how I dealt with things and and in in roughly 10 months I lost almost half my body weight wow um, just simply by by paying attention and being more mindful to what I was putting in my body and using as fuel and um, what what hunger was and things like that and mm. and uh, I just went out one day walking my dog um, around a bog near to where I live, and this 
overwhelming compulsion to run took me by surprise and I started running with my dog and it was just it felt it was joyful it was mm. the, utterly joyful uh, I was laughing out loud like an Egypt running <laughs> alone on a bog with my dog you know <laughs> and what it what it what it instantly was what I recognized was this sort of inner child this childlike compulsion to run and explore you know yeah. and you know, you take your, your kids out and, you know, out into nature and they see a green field and they're, boom, they're gone like a bullet. Yeah. You know, they've got that compulsion to just sprint, you know. And that's that's what awoke inside me uh, that day on the bog with my dog. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, to, to have that sort of inner child come out of you, it really sort of made just in a very ethereal, strange way, it kind of connected me with my boy Hank. Mm. You know, and I've kind of been running for him ever since, you know. You really certainly have. You, you certainly mm. have, because, you know, what a way to mark his, what would have been his 10th uh, birthday. You decided mm. to complete 10 marathons in 10 days running around yeah. the track at Claremont Stadium in Navin. That is some challenge. That is unbelievable, Ian. Yeah, well, it was it was coming up to the, the milestone and every every year coming up to the the anniversary. I mean, January is a horrible month for everyone yeah. anyway. They are the post-Christmas thing. You've got, you know, you're in the dark winter. So January was all, is always a bit of a, a meh kind of month. Yeah. But uh, coming up to his, his birthday on February the 1st and then his, his anniversary on February the 2nd, it was always, a, you know, a very maudlin kind of mm. introspective time coming up to that date. And then once February the 3rd happened, we could breathe a sigh of relief and then the year could begin. And it was coming up to the 10th anniversary and I just thought I need to mark this occasion like you would any 10-year-old kid. You know, yeah. it's, it's a big deal birthday and you want to do something to to celebrate them and to, to acknowledge them and give them gifts and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, how do you celebrate and acknowledge someone who isn't there anymore? But... Mm but very much exists in your heart because the day he was born, the love I have for him as a dad was born also. And that, that, that didn't die the next day. Mm. That's, that still exists. So, it you know, probably in my even heart, grew I, even stronger, I'd imagine, you know, over the, over the years. Absolutely. It's getting much stronger now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you, you know, so the running the 10 marathons in 10 days, I mean, running was, has become such a gift to me. It's maintained my health, not only physically, but, but mentally. You know, my mental health really took a nosedive mm. uh, with, with the bereavement. And But, you know, it's really, I've, I've just learned to, to, you know, it's, it's like the, the yin-yang in life. You know, you can't have the sweet without the sour. You know, you, mm. you can't have down without up. You can't have up without down. You know, and it's, it's, it's almost like it's a, it's a weird thing to say, but it's almost like he gave me this gift, you know, that it mm. took me a long time to unwrap and 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 be impressed by the present that he gave me, you know. I love that. I love that you've you know you've come to terms with it in that way, and that the, the running is such a special time for yourself as well. Mm. 
you're hoping to you, you want to get the word out about this you're encouraging very much in, in mm-hmm. how you're speaking to me you know to encourage other dads in the same situation or any man that might be experiencing any sort of mental health issue to ch- to chat listen we're going through a pandemic at the moment mental health situation is on the floor for a lot of people what would you say to somebody who might be in a similar situation to how you were um, prior to meeting the Little Life Foundation what would you say to them to encourage them to speak you're not alone. You're not alone. Just know that straight away. Know that you're not alone. That you're there's. I when I was when I was for those seven years where I was repressing my feelings, repressing my emotions. Intellectually, I knew I couldn't be the only bereaved dad in the world. But I felt like the only bereaved dad in the world. I thought the, anyone I confided in, you know, they they were you know, you know they sort of kind of it almost felt like they tolerated it a little mm. bit but they couldn't relate yeah. as such so they weren't they didn't have that that experience so i think like i said earlier we're stronger together we're definitely stronger together and there's no shame in in asking for help none whatsoever there's no judgment in fact people are there willing to help mm. nobody nobody's going to turn away someone you know <laughs> who asks them for help you know uh, it's it's I'm not very articulate. I'm not. Tra- uh, no, you're, sorry, you're not fantastic. No, you're you're, well. you're 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 absolutely right. You know, I know myself. Like when you're in that mental block and headspace, it can just feel like, oh, I won't, you know, mm. annoy that person, or I won't. They don't understand. You like, yeah. yeah, you do feel you that feel like kind a of burden. You yes, do feel like a burden. Yes, to that's exactly indeed, it. But, uh, but I guess you, you you do eventually you find your tribe. You know, mm. and there are people out there who are going through similar things that you're going through whether it's in, in the loss of your baby or, you know, the loss of a partner or even just the loss of a job or whatever it is. Mm. It's, there's, there's other people out there and solidarity is, is a very important thing. And with the, you know, modern technology, you can really find your tribe. Yeah. Uh, it was a tweet. It was Twitter of all places that I found out about the, 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 the meeting for dads in a little lifetime. Wow, so I mean, there you go. very, 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 you get something good out of Twitter. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's something <laughs> positive from social media, particularly Twitter. Yeah. Mm. You're hoping to make a documentary as well, Ian, for bereaved dads. Tell me about this. This is a wonderful idea. Yeah, it, it was, it inspired, I was inspired to do it after attending that first meeting. Um, I, was, I felt the elation that I felt after, after attending and in the aftermath and the days after that very first meeting that I, I just want to encourage men to, to seek the help that they need. And I want to just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sort of filmmaker by trade, if you like, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to do something positive uh, and put something positive out into the world that will... I, basically, I want to make the film that I would have liked to have seen during that seven years to know that you're not alone, to know that vulnerability is a strength and not a weakness and that... There is, you know, for, for want of a better cliche, there's, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There mm-hmm. are people who have made it through the minefield and they're willing to stay and, and guide you if you, need, if you need, you know, just to be a lighthouse and know yeah. that there's, there's people out there have made it through and that you're you're not alone and you can come out and join us you know yeah absolutely and i think that's it's a wonderful way to to keep that awareness going mm. people can find out more information about your fundraising about what you're doing runningforhank.com that's that that's the website that people can find 
Ian, I thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I think what you're doing is just huge for so many other people. And I really applaud you for speaking so openly about such a difficult subject. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I I appreciate you inviting me on your show. Thank you, Sinead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.